<laughs> I'm going to take a break real quick. I'm going to run have a smoke while you're, uh, you're finishing up. <laughs> I have like eight pages of notes of just this girl's physical appearance. I couldn't stop. <laughs> oh, good. Because, I mean, we're going to have some really boring Jesus talk that we're going to have to spice up. So anytime yes. it starts getting boring, just throw another one out. Right. We'll she be... looks like a witch brought a chicken nugget to life. <laughs> <laughs> Awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema in order to put horrors like Cancer and Sandra Bullock's Oscar into perspective. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting 989 miles to my right is my good friend Eli Bosnick. Eli, welcome back. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. Especially since this means that we don't have to watch any more Thief of the Night movies. Thank sweet baby Jesus. Oh, yes. And unfortunately, of course, Heath's been absent long enough now that I've kind of run out of I promise he's not dead jokes. But we do plan on having him back next week. Uh, Notice I said plan, not hope, which is what I said the last couple of times. So assuming that we get a lightning storm sometime in the next seven days, Heath will be back for the next episode. It's this whole drama going on in Asgard right now. We don't really want to talk about it. It's just a whole... (laughs) The whole thing with his dad. We don't. <laughs> when he comes back, though, he'll be the same age he was when he left. That's the important thing. Yeah, it's fun. Or younger. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to be breaking down, as I already alluded to, the fourth film in the Thief in the Night quadrilogy, Prodigal Planet. Proving that there's no such thing as too bad to jump the shark, the final installment in this series continues the adventures of David, who apparently managed to survive the last movie after encouraging the four-year-old to get murdered. Uh, It's the story of a scrappy band of survivors cast upon the hellish aftermath of fiction's tidiest nuclear holocaust in a desperate effort to get the MacGuffin to the place before the time while perpetually babbling about Jesus as often as humanly possible. So, Eli, tell me, how bad was this movie? Well, if you watched the previous movies and you thought to yourself, man, there's not enough conversations about Jesus, you're in luck because this movie is 95% people driving and being like, well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to, I thought of another reason you're going to hell <laughs> and I would like to talk to you about it. This is basically, d- d- I'm, listen, I know everyone just got through Thanksgiving. Your crazy Christian uncle who you had to be like, yeah, I mean, I uh, flagellum, huh? That's this, except they all played dress up. Right. They all played dress up and they all had parts. But really, it was just your crazy Uncle Jerry who wants to tell you, where are, where do you get morals from? I don't know, Uncle Jerry. I get them from you. You hit your wife. Why? <laughs> you can't ask me that question, you <laughs> bastard. All right. So, like, yeah, I mean, okay. So the first movie was like 58 minutes and the next one was an hour and 10 and then the third one was an hour and a half. And this one was like two fucking hours. And all that's expanded is the amount of time we spend saying, well, some people don't seem to understand that when Jesus said this, what he really meant is that he was going to fuck you in the ass with a big, long, spiky rod. And right. and that's all we've, I mean, you know, that and helicopters, and it, just more and more of that. Right. It's basically, now, I know this book that God wrote that is perfect seems super unclear, and that's why I'm having to spend most of this movie explain it. But no, it's actually super clear. Just let me explain. It's so clear, in fact, that it would be just fine to send you to hell for not getting it. I, I got to say, I was 
super disappointed with this one. I mean, I shouldn't have gone in with expectations, but after the first three, I was expecting good crazy. And in this one, there were no locusts, no guillotines, no dead bodies, no old lady apocalypse conversation over gingerbread cookies. This this was to the other three movies as the prequels were to the Star Wars film. Or, or if you're my age, as Return of the Jedi was to the other two before we had the prequels to compare that one to. So two responses to that. One, Ewoks. I love the Ewoks. Yeah, and two, <laughs> and two, um, this movie has mutant Michael Sarah. You, de- <laughs> you deserve a spanking. Yes, it does. Ronda, Ronda Rousey's da- Down's baby sister. So we've got a lot to look forward to. We also have a musical computer virus. I, well, yeah, yeah. And Jerry's womanly scream. <laughs> We've got a lot going on. Listen, tune in, kids, because I disagree. I think that this is, I think this is the episode two of the series. Oh, it really? It wasn't good, uh-huh. but there was that t- part where Yoda fought with the thing and he spin oh, around. Okay, all right, cool. all right, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. this is. There's some cool things. So it's definitely not good. The very worst of the movies still, yes, yeah. but yeah, uh, exactly. But there's still the Yoda scene to look forward. Okay, well then that brings me right around to this bit that I want to reprise one last time. Uh, I want you to rate this movie on its constituent parts. Now, this would be a four-point scale, as in where does it fall in the series, one being the best, four being the worst. So where would you rate this one in terms of production quality? Uh, This is the highest production quality. I I think it's safe to say they just kept going up as they went. All right, where would it rate in just pure out crazy bullshit? Uh, Two, second only to the previous movie. Yeah, yeah, okay, I think that's fair. Uh, And uh, facial hair? Fourth place, fourth place. Hardly any crazy facial hair. That was one of the most disappointing things about this whole thing. I expected Jerry's beard to be a full Manchu at this point. Maybe sentient. He uses it to pick up a Coke and drink it. (laughs) I was was disappointed. I got to admit. I had my heart broken a little bit. I don't want to talk about it. All right. And I've asked this about all of them, but where would this rank in uh, terms of soundtrack? See, now this is number two because this is the only other movie aside from the first one that opens with a 95-minute long song about Jesus, which is apparently written by someone who's never heard music before. It's, it is like – imagine Johnny Cash did all the acid and then got locked into a church. That's the first – Four minutes of this and just, Jesus Christ is gonna come and take your biscuits. I'll tell like, you what. There's never been a less appropriate music for the lyrics, you know? Cause it's, it's, it's yeah. just like, it's like this Burl Ives tune, except that you're getting, uh, you know, it, uh, you're, you're gonna be raped in the butt by demons. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. All right. All so- the appeal of the Conway Twitty segments of family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. You made me watch a song. Yeah. There you go. All right. And, uh, finally, how would it rank in total number of biblical quotations? First place. I, I wanted first to make sure it got place. first in at least one of the categories, so I added that. Oh, so much first place. Holy shit. I mean, we get Thessalonians, we get John, we get Jude. We get John 3.16 so many times in this movie. I was like, how long did this movie take to make? Did they make it all in one cut and forgot they had already used that quote? Because like 85 <laughs> times he says to the same person, he's like, you know, John 3.16, I would have turned to him and been like, hey man, you've told me that four times. I know what that's <laughs> says now 
<laughs> All right. Well, it, nothing has ever made me want to watch a Kevin Sorbo movie more than fighting my way through this endless fucking series. And it's almost over. So in an effort to hasten the part of my life where I never have to think about Thief in the Night again, we'll keep the intro short, hop on a quick break, and come right back to break down the bucket of just shut the fuck up that is Prodigal Planet. Eternity. Eternity. Movies without end. What profit can there be in watching all these motherfucking movies? Watching these movies for an eternity? Not one thing our Patreon donors or fans could offer us in exchange for our soul can take our guilt away. Jesus Christ, these movies suck. My friends, there's no chance I'll ever be able to forget these fucking movies. Our time is quickly gone, and you put this in your face. Our only hope is we parts the helicopter chase not one thing our listeners offer you in exchange for your soul can make these movies feel less like putting snakes in your Just this moment is yours to spend Then it's back to this film They all last an eternity I hate this fucking And we're back for the breakdown of part 611 of the Russell S. Doughton Shouldn't Be Allowed to Have Pointy Objects film series. And for Prodigal Planet, we're going to start off with Jesus quotes again, yes. But this time, it's motherfucking space Jesus quotes. That's right. Yes, we've got hyperdrive. <laughs> yeah, you're in that part of space where stars fly by you. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and we start off with a quote from Joel. Yes, uh-huh, of all fucking books. And there's no better way to say, we as a movie are scraping the bottom of the biblical quote barrel <laughs> than to quote Joel. We had, we had to go minor prophets, motherfucker. It's something about the people in the wilderness or whatever. Uh, but we learn, according to the voiceover, that the planet Earth is dying, uh, and its disease is sin. I could just, I love the idea of Earth being at the doctor, you know, or whatever, and getting the diagnosis. 
Right, Earth has to call Mars up. Hey, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I haven't called. I've just been so busy with work. Anyways, like crazy. I don't know if you gave me sin or like I gave. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I know I have other, humans my, and you don't, but like my doctor told me to call anybody I'd panspermiaed with in the last, you know, six billion years. So yeah, I know I just put the robot in, but like I don't know, the robot might have some sins, so you might want to get. <laughs> we didn't also, bake it all that good. I like how he goes, uh, the doomsday clock is re- he's like trying to use the doomsday clock as though the doomsday clock is counting down to the Christian apocalypse. <laughs> right. Which yes. it is not at all. The doomsday clock is once together, all the climate scientists in the world get together for a week and a half and go, guys, we really mean it. You have to not pour all the oil into the water. Look, look, we're taking an hour off. That's how fucked up you did. Well, now it's two o'clock in the afternoon with the death scale, and we die at three or something. Who knows? Just guys, come on, cut it out. Now I'll cut tell you what out. this this whole <laughs> opening I think makes a hell of a lot more sense if you were really cognizant of world events during the eighties, and and you recognize just how freaked the fuck out people were that we were going to get nuked at any minute. Right. Um, and, and looking back on it now, it seems a little, you know, it's 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 obviously anachronistic. But the idea that they would be tapping into that as, hey, the apocalypse is coming any minute. Like, why wouldn't they be at that point? Sure. We hey, listen, play on any paranoia you can. Use the right. use the zeitgeist of the day. If they made a if they made a new one of these, they would be like, you know, the government died nine eleven, and that's why the yeah, apocalypse right. yes, is coming. Because yes. the Bible says burn there's going to be all these Syrian refugees, and then Paris <laughs> is going to get a Act right here, you know. See, look, a it's a bad thing. Who knows the true use foreigners. of the pyramids? Is- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so enough of this stupid fucking intro. Now we get back to David, who, if you recall, was heading off to have his head chopped off in a guillotine. So we we see that scene, and there's this weird flashback that we have to him. And his when his brother died when he was right, a kid, his mom being like, "You need to talk to me about Jesus." And David just being like, "I'm not ready yet to talk." No one's ever been not ready yet to talk about Jesus, <laughs> except in this movie. In this movie, it's like it's like dessert. It's like, "Oh, you ready for some pie?" <laughs> no, I'm still a little full. I'll get some Jesus in a bit. You guys start without me. I just, I had a big lunch and I don't want any Jesus right now. Again, there's no atheists in this movie. There's no Muslims in this, in this entire fucking film series. There's also nobody who's not white in this entire film series, but there's only people who are Christians that haven't consummated their relationship with Jesus or whatever. That's all you get. You, you don't get people right. who are just like, who are no, total believers. I don't they believe just like- in your... Sh-. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They believe in heaven and hell and they believe in Jesus and all, but they won't say the magic Jesus words or whatever. Yeah. <sighs> it's it's the equivalent of getting your license renewed or your passport in this movie. It's just like, oh, I know, I need to do it. I just have not <laughs> taken Christ as my personal savior. I'm gonna, but it's I don't... The lines... The lines and then the ladies there always, and I feel racist. I don't, I. <laughs> yeah, so we get, we get the little, you know, you can't deny Jesus flashback, which is so fucked up. Okay, so apparently what we're, what he's remembering is how his brother died in a car accident with a train. Um, before he accepted Jesus as his personal savior. And he's remembering the conversation that him and his mother had about his brother being in hell because of that. Right. Woo! 
You know, David, my son's in hell. Why? Because God loves him less than me. Weird, right? <laughs> Isn't it weird how God loves his children less than I love mine and that there's nothing my children could do that I would burn them with fire forever? But God is just like, you didn't say the right magic. Well, anyways, look, I'm a crazy person. This part of the movie's over. But credit where credit is due, this is the only Christian movie we have seen so far that actually hits a car with a train. You're right. A lot they of them got imply. A car. They, yeah, they got a train. No cutaway. It was a car getting hit by a train. Mm-hmm. And it won't be the last time, actually. Spoiler alert. It, it doesn't work if you put them at the end, does it? Yeah, um, exactly. So that's the end of that little sequence. And then we move over to the um, the desperate writing out of um, the fact that uh, – Dave- Oh, no. I'm sorry. First, got to get the song. Right. So we get the we get some credits over a, a like a post war. There's a helmet and there's some smoke and shit, and you get country Telly Savalas right, yeah, exactly. serenading us. You know, they right, said exactly. And he also he has an even longer monologue than the first movie because in the first movie the guy was like, mm-hmm. "Hey everybody, I need to talk because this song isn't clear enough about what I'm talking." He's got like <laughs> seventy five minutes of like, "Listen, there's nothing the earth can offer you that'll be worth it when God is super duper mad at you." So, <laughs> do my shit. And then we get a sad Jesus Christmas song, yeah. which I I had hope w- during this that this movie would be a musical. Because I was like, oh, let it all. Let everyone break out into song throughout this film. All right, all so we now, need. I know we're always talking about kickstarting shit, but kickstarting A Thief in the Night, the musical. Oh, come on, people. Let's make I, it happen. Oh, I think we, I think we really might need to. It's put a three man show. It's me and Noah and Heath, and we play all the parts. I play all the women. Heath plays all the men. <laughs> Noah plays all the fire eating scorpions. Come on, we can do it. Uh, can I play the mustache too? I want to play that. Yeah. I want to be the mustache. He will also be Jerry's mustache. Awesome, awesome. Which yes, will be the protagonist of our musical. It's actually <laughs> right. about Jerry's mustache's journey through the afterlife. It's a whole thing. It's very moving, guys. We're we're the next Hamilton. <laughs> so yeah, war, action, burn, and then we have to write out the part where David died, since this movie's about him. So we get this ridiculous scene where they're saying, hey, don't kill David because we still need him to not be dead for the rest of the movie because he's a computer guy or whatever. Right. He's a serious threat to our computer security system. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then we get they they mention that they're the Believers Underground movement again, as though the bums wasn't enough from the first film. That was something that needed to make it into the second film as well. I missed this and I wanted to go back for this. Um, there was a part in the credits where it said additional writing material or additional story material by William Wellman, who is the actor that plays the main character. And I have to assume that that is, okay, I'm not saying that. Like that was his additional, they, they, they said, oh, he said, okay, no, that's too fucking crazy. I have to say something different or whatever. (laughs) And that's why they had to give him credit. For additional oh, story material. See, I disagree. I think he went extra crazy. Like, he just kept talking, and they were like, this is gold. We got to give him a writer's credit. He was like, and you know what else? Then Joel says, give unto me the wheat, for if you take the wheat from me, I'll slap you right in your fat little bitch mouth. Just keep rolling. Keep rolling. This is gold. It's like waiting for Guffman. It was exactly like waiting for Guffman. He's the Christian Parker Posey. <laughs> Oh, and so, yeah, so basically we get this whole scene where Jerry and his minions are figuring out that 
Um, they can use David to, okay, lead them to the Believers Underground Movement Squad, which was Jerry in the last movie, but now but it's now is the good the resistance. Guys. Yeah, now it's the good guys somehow. So the good guys are the bums. So they really don't get the joke. <laughs> they really don't get the joke. Even <laughs> though they said not. it in the last movie, they forgot, and now they're the bums. The good guys the in this good movie guys, are the bums. The Christians are the bums. And so he's supposed to follow them there. They're gonna they're gonna engineer an escape and then they're gonna follow him along the way and he's gonna know uh or they're gonna know like where the secret underground Christians are hiding. Right. Um, and I want to plant a flag for how stupid a person this movie is made for. We see Jerry go, we're going to fake an escape with our agent, and then we'll get him to lead us to the underground Christians. And mm -hmm. then we see him get is saved by someone and spend the rest of the movie going, I wonder who the traitor is. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe the person who orchestrated the escape. We were told this at the beginning. And the, the reveal of this movie is like, oh, it was her the whole... No, right. man, we knew that. Yeah, they already told us that shit. Dude, did you hear? It turns out that Luke Skywalker is blonde. No, we saw that at the beginning of the movie. That's not a twist. Not a twist. Haley Joel Osment was alive the whole time. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> that's just established. That's just what the movie's about. Um. So yeah. So th this chick shows up to rescue him, and I, I mean, she's in their hideout or whatever, their evil lair, and then she just locks a door, and the guards run up and can't get through it. Right. You she know? locks a door. Then she knows the codes to get out of the garage. Mm -hmm. She knows yeah. the hey, how come you know the codes? Oh, because I'm the bad guy. I'm going to turn out to be a spy. That's <laughs> why I know the codes. All we needed for her to walk out past a guard who was like, hey, Karen, what's going on? Oh, nothing. is doing this fake escape with this guy. Anyways, come on, David. They're going to catch us. <laughs> yeah. So and apparently and he says, like, why have you saved me? And she's like, um, because, you know, the reasons, you know, computer, lady your stuff. computer, you yeah. can computer the computer and we can't computer they, yeah they need his computer skills which apparently by the way computer skills are ability to decipher really bad boring biblical codes by talking out loud to yourself a lot right. she basically she wanted to hire the the precursor to jeff goldblum and independence day <laughs> wait a second bible bible backwards is and Elemba is the noise you make when you throw up if you have clam chowder. Clam chowder. Chowder. Dur is what retarded people say. Quick, to the special ed classroom. That is this entire fucking yes. movie. All the yes. riddles of this movie have nothing to do with each other. I will bring these fucking original puzzles to Stephen Hawking, and he will sit there in his chair forever, just being like, these don't make any sense. What is this garbage bullshit? And I'll be like, right, Steve? You get it. He beat his wife, guys. Church rock, ch church, church rock. It's a rock church. It's yeah. a rock church. It's a shot rock that's shaped like a church. Uh, oh, fuck. Yeah, of course it is. Fuck this movie. I miss oh. Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, by the way, there was also a nuclear explosion five and a half miles from the uh, from the place where they are, and they're running from it. They're oh, driving yes. away is, from it. They're now out driving nuclear fallout. Yeah, yeah. The level Which, of knowledge. Oh, the level of, of knowledge in this movie is about equal with mine, 
which is that fire is hot, no touchy. That's what I know about science, and that's what the people who made this movie. But they're I don't make I haven't made a movie. Because if I did, it would be like, quick, there's a nuclear bomb. Let's jump inside this tinfoil so that it can't get us. Cause yeah, let's get in this refrigerator. It oh, look, baked potatoes Jones. came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's so fucking bad. They understand nuclear war about as well as they understand calculators. Yeah. And by the way, can we talk about the vehicle, too? Because this is not a normal vehicle. Yeah, it's like a weird hexagon tank. And it's supposed to look futuristic, but it's like the it would obviously be so ridiculously top-heavy because the bottom just sort of slants in. Yeah. Th- 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 there's no advantage to the design whatsoever. So it looks like they're driving around in something that, you know, like if if, if you were selling a new hot dog or something, like this would be the, the thing. And then, right, like, exactly. Flip up hey, and try Dave's a- dogs. <laughs> You're right. That's the that's their vehicle through this entire and almost all of this movie is going to take place in this fucking vehicle. So I guess we should give you a, a visual on it. Yeah. So yeah, we get a long eye grudge fuck, and then they uh, she unhandcuffs him, and I, for just a second, everyone who watched this movie thought he was going to make her go down on him. That, yes, exact. Thank it, you. There's Thank no you. other way to take because he grabs her by the as soon as she unhandcuffs him, grabs her by the head, pulls her down to his crotch. Yeah, to her, knees, to her knees in front of his crotch, and he's yeah. like, "How do I know you're not a bad guy?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> well, first of all, I'm like, she's, "He's gonna make her suck his dick," and I was mm-hmm. totally into it. I was all about it. I got myself out. I got some lube. I sat on my thumb. I was ready. And then he was like, "So, are you a Christian?" And my, I've never had a boner die faster. I've never. I've run into a relative at an orgy, and I've never had a boner. <laughs> Die fa- what do you do in those situations? <laughs> uh, Miss Manners. Ask Miss Manners. All right. So, yeah, very awkward. And I also want to mention, too, that this, of course, this movie was released in, like, 1984 or whatever. So she's got the requisite 1980s big hair going. Yeah. Basically, a face mask away from a football helmet, this woman's hair. I'm sure she's very attractive, or at least was at this time, if if you, you know, tamped all that shit down. But it's really hard to overlook that now. Right. So basically, he's like, all right, I trust you. And then they talk about why, why do you need me? We need you because computers, computers, something, something, Batman. Uh, she's just, they could not know less about computers. She's got, she's got a 1980s USB drive, which is very clearly a spark plug. It could not (laughs) be more a spark plug. She pulls out and I, I know nothing about cars. I know nothing about cars. I get into my car all the time and drive a good 40 minutes with my parking brake on. But I was like, that's a spark plug. I know what a spark plug is. Yeah. And this is, by the way, the module. And this will be very important because if you can get the module to the computer and break the code, you can take down their, wait, what is it? Their linkage data computer microchip. No, it was their instantaneous worldwide information linkage. Their computer, internet, grandma, Batman. Yeah, that that thing. If you can get the module to the bums and break the code. And if you're like, man... Why are those guys dwelling on that so much? It's because that's what this fucking movie talks about. Unless you wanted to talk about Bible quotes, which is what this movie does want to talk (laughs) about. That's what the movie's about. And she also gives him a piece of paper, which is the last transmission from the good guys, which is the code we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. where it's like, it's like the rock and the church 
sing a song. We're at 1812 and a shit ton of numbers. Yep. And so we're going to spend the rest of the movie cracking that code. Yeah, I should have wrote down the code just so I'd have, so I could like tell you, or hey, you know what? I can do that kind of shit in post. So, yeah, so. (laughs) Countless ages, Hell's Foundation quiver, blend your voices, 1842, war, church, and forward. That's the code. Do you get it? Do you get it? Have you figured you it, it out yet? Did you figure it out? <laughs> Have you figured out something about a state park? No? Well, strap in because we've got two hours left to go. <laughs> this is like Big Bird Goes to China. I don't know if you ever saw that. I have a little sister, so I saw that. This is the level of hints that we've got here. It's just like rock church, church rock. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So they, they, he gets to the computer, and, and he talks to a computer the way that I would talk to a dog. Oh, definitely. And he does that throughout the movie. He's going to be going like, all right, computer, you and me, I'm going to push your buttons. And then there are just going to be letters on the screen and we're going to fuck up their information worldwide linkage system or whatever. Uh, So, yeah. So they go, you know who's going to help us break this code? (laughs) The crazy guy I know who has a giant wall sized map of what's going to happen during the apocalypse. Let's go talk to him. And she's like, do we have to? And she's like, yep, Russ produced the movie. So it's back to <laughs> Russ Doughton's house because he hasn't talked about the apocalypse yet. <laughs> There's also a little thing, a, a thematic bit that we get here that I think is really funny. So they're talking about how they got to go see Russ Doughton. And, and then it cuts out and we see like the the bad guys that they locked in their own building that they don't have keys for. Um, like coming out of the garage now, like they've escaped from their own place and they're chasing them. So we just get a quick cut over to them and then the music is like, and yet action a movie and then you cut back to them talking about Jesus. Yeah. So it, that's going to happen throughout this movie. There's constantly someone chasing them, but it doesn't matter that that person's chasing them. No, it's at just all. that. Russ Daughton knows that in action movies, you have to cut over to the guys chasing them once in a while, and then you'll cut back over to the after Sunday school special. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, all right, car chase. Nope. People nope. very casually driving, talking about apologetics. Yeah. Shitty, shitty apologetics that everyone involved in the conversation believes. Right. That, yeah. And, and, and of course, someone at some indiscriminate distance behind them is also chasing them. Right. So then we get back to that illegitimate love child of Wilford Brimley and Phil Robertson that we loved so much. And Dying this Jesus. time, they've given him a gun. <laughs> that was not a good idea. I don't give a shit if it was a prop. You should oh, not give this shit a gun. He shot three gaffers. There's no question. Some guy, some guy with a nose ring rocked onto set and he was like, demon. Oh, God damn it, Russ. All right, everybody take lunch. It happened again. Really, Russ? Again? Sorry, my bad. My bad. If no one could move too quickly. (laughs) (laughs) My eyesight ain't what it used to be. Can't see around this beard. And he's, oh my God, the beard. Um, The beard has grown. I assume he took Jerry, each scene of this movie, he took a little slice of Jerry's mustache and incorporated it into his beer. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it's like that thing with the giant video game with the giant ball. His beard eventually just overtook the entire movie. <laughs> Kamatari Damasi. That's it. 
Oh, yeah, well, of course, of course. Oh. Um, we'd have gotten emails. Um, and he's also carrying some little mice around. I guess that's what he eats. He's eating mice now. The good guy, the good sane guy in this movie, confronts them with a gun, is like, I eat mice now. And that's how we're introduced. And they're never like, so crazy, huh? They're just like, yeah. <laughs> we need his help. We need his help. He's going to help us solve a puzzle. Oh my god. Uh, so he, he says two key things that are important to this, uh, to the movie. One is that vultures, now look, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying, I don't know if he thinks this is real. He probably does. That vultures are now rampant and are attacking and killing people. Yeah. If, if, if there's more than six buzzards, they will attack you and kill you now. Right. The turkey-sized birds will come down and you'll be like, you won't just be like, eh, go away. And they'll be like, oh, right, I'm, I'm just a vulture. But, but apparently in this, I'm gonna go with the fiction of the movie. The buzzards seeing the apocalypse realize the error of their ways. Buzzards are all Jewish. You can tell by the, <laughs> you tell, if you imagine a buzzard's voice, it's Jewish. It's like, oh, it's hot out here. Are you finished with that? It's a Jewish animal. There are animals that are Jewish. There are animals that are not. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jewish buzzards. That's let's kickstart that on the well. That's my next Pixar movie, by the way. If anyone wants to, <laughs> where's the Jewish Pixar movie where they don't go on an adventure, but they have a they have a very stony fight over who's holding the remote? Just, oh, fine. You're just gonna eat all of this dead hyena. You know what? It's fine. I don't even want to talk about it. Credits. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> so so we learn that there are vultures attacking people, yeah. and that the nuclear blast the nuclear blast <laughs> has turned <laughs> people into mutants 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 there are <laughs> radiation mutants yes uh, and, renegade murder mutants and the comic book nerd in me got hard as a rock you could hang a <laughs> towel on it but it's they're not that kind of mutants they're just they're like sick <laughs> they all have yeah <laughs> yeah no that's it's, it, 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 they're, they're not they're not fun mutants. No, no. But they're but I, and they're and they're no people faced locusts. To be honest, it was no. a real step down in villainy. So yeah, so they they have this conversation where we learn about the buzzards and the mutants, and then he pulls out his he's got a new substitute crazy map. They and, took his poster. Yeah, they they took all his stuff. Uh, so and now all he's got is and and I I've got to be honest with you because I saw the first poster like he didn't really put his heart into this one yeah you know, this, this was an was afterthought not. he showed up on set and he's like you think they want the crazy poster uh, I think they want the crazy poster give me that newspaper I'm gonna draw something on the back of it right yeah exactly guys they, listen I got lots of, lots of friends okay not lots of one person said they liked the poster <laughs> so we gotta have more poster in this movie no one's gonna come see it if they don't know there's poster. And then we go, we realize, he goes to, on to explain that the last movie was the Seven Seals. This is the Seven Bulls. Uh-huh, yeah. And at this point, I am so tired of the apocalypse. <sighs> the apocalypse, the end of the universe with demons and fire is boring. Is so boring. It's just <laughs> it like, is. and then blood will turn and I'm just like, oh, more blood. God is so Didn't unimaginative, by happen? the way. You could give me 10 minutes in a writer's room with a half a line or a key bump. You give me a key bump, I'll come up with a better apocalypse in 10 minutes than God did. No, no, no. Let's have trumpets and bulls, huh? Trumpets and then and seals. By the way, oh, bulls? The trumpets will be the seals. What are bulls? Bulls of the apocalypse? I feel like someone had like a last minute report due and they were like, <laughs> okay, so we got seals, we got trumpets, and what is the last thing? Um, oh, well, bulls. Bulls, bulls, bulls full of apocalypse. 
So <laughs> I, I wrote down the, the bowls in case you didn't know. Bowl one, when the angel pours out the first bowl, that will give boils to everyone who has the mark. Right. Um, bowl two is the seas to blood. Uh, bowl three is the same thing, but rivers. Seems right. odd that you would do. He had to separate it. Well, and if you did separate it, it would, you'd think you'd do the rivers first. It would make sense because right. they're feeding into the seas. But anyway, uh, bowl four, the sun will be on fire. I mean, I don't, it'll, it, the sun will be hot. Um, bowl five is the judgment of darkness. Bowl six is the drying of the Euphrates. Yes, which, you, the Euphrates River. What a pleasant break in all of the terrible, the sun will burn the skin of all, and then the Euphrates, which yes. is blood, by the way, at this point, right? Yeah, who gives will a no shit? longer be there. It could there. coagulate for all I give a shit. Uh, so yeah, but, but, but that's just the thing, because when the fucking people who wrote this goddamn thing wrote it, that meant something to pretty much everybody. Yeah, that's why, the reason why the Euphrates River drying up is a crazy apocalypse thing is because there were three rivers. If right. someone was like, the sun's going to go out, we'd be like, holy fucking shit, because we've only got one sun. At the <laughs> time this book was written, there was one river. If you right. showed someone and you were like, hey, man, look at this. This is North America. We got a land of a thousand lakes. People would have shit their goddamn pants. But this movie was written before they knew what germs were. So who gives a fuck? The Euphrates River is a huge deal. Right. I'd be more afraid of the Wi-Fi going out if he was like, the last call is the Wi-Fi will no longer work. I'd be like, fuck this shit. And All again, right, this show Christ wouldn't exist if it said somewhere in Revelations that when the angel poureth out the sixth bowl, your Wi-Fi will fuck up even if you reset the router. I would have said, holy shit, I'm Christian. Well, yeah, that's, no, that's all it would have taken. That's uh, spot on, spot on. <laughs> But see, now, now what you don't understand is that nobody would give names like Wi-Fi to something if they saw the Bible, right? So, like, all those predictions that seem they didn't come true, that's just because people are afraid to name their things after the things that are oh, in the right, Bible. Right. Yeah, Other, they're just afraid of it. If we had named Wi-Fi Euphrates, then right. your Euphrates would dry up and you'd be, oh, shit, yeah, yeah, fuck. Guys, don't don't buy stock in Euphrates Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't name your... Uh, firewall jericho yeah and uh, and then of course after bowl seven we get the battle of armageddon which this movie like sets up that we're gonna get right, right. because we get the seven bowls all the nations will be there sweden <laughs> norway uganda micro jamaica <laughs> jamaica the jamaican army would be awesome hey everybody who wants and to also, get high all the kings will be there yeah all of be them it's like what's it? There's, there's like nine kings. I mean, who, who the fuck still has a king? Yeah, but all the kings will be there. Just uh, four gay guys just fucking each other because they're all related, being like, fight me for Jesus's throne." <laughs> guys, I thought there was gonna be like a whole thing. I brought four horsemen. Ooh, he's got a horse. Ew, kill it, <laughs> and then eat it, and then fuck it. Oh. <laughs> what happens when you have kings, people? You can't have kings for more than like three days because they start to fuck each other and everyone gets crazy. If you made me king tomorrow, I'd be fucking something. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be fucking something tomorrow anyway. Right. But yeah, if I was king, it would be a different thing. So yeah. Um, something weird. Sorry, honey. Hope you don't listen to this episode. I also wanted to point this out that this is apparently part. Of, again, this is the Christians not knowing they're rooting for the bad guy. Uh, after Armageddon, according to Crazy Man and his crazy map, after all of the kings and all of the countries fight each other, the last one remaining takes on Jesus. 
which right. is what the main bad guy does. I mean, the main bad guy lets everybody fight each other and then takes on the one dude who's all tired and fight. That's Oren Yishii. Yeah, that's Bloodsport. I, yeah. I remember <laughs> I'm just picturing Jesus at the end being like, oh, and Finish then he, him. he uses all sorts of cheat spammy moves. You're like, Jesus just always hits his low kick. You can't yeah, block he it. Just, he just keeps foot sweeping me in the fucking corner. Dude, fucking thing with him. My my fucking life was already weighed down. Oh. So that's apparently that's Jesus, Jesus is the thing. M Bison of deities. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then we get the greatest dissolve in the history of cinema because we move from this scene to them driving, which makes it look like he's in the middle of talking and David just drives away. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we cut to the first of the Jesus talks, in where basically we get the it doesn't matter if you're a good person, and we mm-hmm. know that. Because Jesus once said, hey, I don't know these wizards. <laughs> yeah. Remember when Jesus was like, hey, these wizards aren't my friends? Yeah, that's that's what he was talking about. That's exactly what it's like to not care if you worked at St. Jude's. <laughs> that's, that's what Jesus meant. Yep. Good works are like an evil Nazi Sith. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we get... Jawas. Jawas. Yeah. We get Jawas. We get Jawas trying to break into the car. That's there's a, very clearly what's happening. There's a car, and there's five little Jawas standing around um, trying to get in to where these two girls are. And then David and Connie show up, and, you know, they... they, they Scare the Jawas away. Yeah, exactly. And, and they, I was like, if they say they scare easily, but they will be back and in greater numbers, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to jerk off into my TV... <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm going to send it to Noah. And I'm going to go live on a resort somewhere. There's only so much my brain can take. It'll just be like, hey, guys, welcome to episode 15. So I got an ep- I got a picture of cum on a TV, on a pause TV screen. That's the last I ever heard from Eli. So, Ooh, here we go. And I watched this movie, so I know exactly why. And by the way, before you send the emails, yes, we know it's the sand people that scare easily, but it would be back soon in greater numbers, not the Jawas. They're the slave traders. We get it. So anyway, so they say... Jawas are the one who Captain Kirk kills, right? (laughs) Right? He uses his sonic screwdriver to scare the Jawas away. And then the sandworm jumps out, and he rides its mouth, and he opens the four-plated door. You can just... And then Mr. Spock... You can tell which of the two of us gets all the uh, god awful movies emails. Uh, <laughs> so I'm immortal. Hey, <laughs> good to have a real name. People look me up. They're like, "This guy's from Binghamton." I'm gonna email the guy who's got a strange name. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the person who's pic- doesn't have a bunch of pictures of his dog on his Facebook. <laughs> He seems like he has time for this. You son of a bitch. You know the dairy difference between a Jawa and Luke was never meant. First of all, your comment about Return of the Jedi is flawed for the following eight reasons. One. No, no, I don't get those. I don't get those. I've never oh. gotten anybody coming to the Send defense of Return of the Jedi Send outside of one. this Go on, show. people. Let so, it go. Fly my minions. So... <laughs> So now we're going to introduce Linda and Joan Jody. Is it Jody? Who the Okay. Uh listen. There's what's her name? Linda? Yeah, scientist. So there's Lin, yeah, Linda who is the scientist lady who looks like Sally Fields um in like stage 2 of chemo. Just like if Sally Fields if Sally Fields was allergic to peanuts and you gave her just a smidgen of jiff, that's <laughs> what she looks like. And then we have Jody. 
Uh-huh. And Jody is supposed to be the popular pretty girl. We're going to get back to this later. She's supposed to be the popular pretty girl. And she is the least attractive human in the entire film series. And the there are mutants. She, there are mutants. There are mutants in this movie and vultures. And <laughs> she is the least attractive creature, live creature that's in this movie. Her eyes are so close together. She, Her next thing on IMDb is like the Odysseus. She is not... <laughs> She is not a good looker. She looks like Ronda Rousey got injected with four more chromosomes. She is not. Yeah, no, they have to tell you. She looks like she eats buttered noodles two meals a day. She is not a great looking, (laughs) not a great looking kid. No. No, they have to repeatedly tell you through dialogue that she's pretty, that she's you, attractive. Yeah, if you told me that her playing this character was her make-a-wish, it would be the only reason her, she made sense to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, that tumor in her face, that's just gonna, <laughs> her head's going to pop like a grape one of these days. So she's so popular and pretty. I am so popular and pretty. You, got, you, got, you all watch on Facebook, that guy got a face transplant. All right. <laughs> They based that guy on her. That's what she looks like, but pre the transplant. Before they put a dead guy's face on her. I'm just saying, that burned fireman saw her and he was like, no, you take it, please. I'm just trying to do what's right. Holy shit. She looks like a nutsack with a ponytail. That's what this girl looks like. This girl looks like, like if in a wacky teenage comedy, it was about a, a full grown man whose nutsack has to be a, the most popular girl at school. <laughs> in order Rob to Schneider has to stand on his hands for 40 days and 40 nights to make it to senior prom. Whew. Yeah, she was, she was, she was not attractive. I, I agree. Um, so. So they save Linda and Jody, and then they drive. She looks off. like a Chinese person standing <laughs> sideways. That's what she looks like. Oh, God. That's what the front of her face looks like. <laughs> I'm gonna take a break real quick. I'm gonna run have a smoke while you're, uh, you're finishing up. <laughs> I have like eight pages of notes of just this girl's physical appearance. I couldn't stop. <laughs> Oh, good, because, I mean, we're going to have some really boring Jesus talk that we're going to have to spice up. So anytime yes. it starts getting boring, just throw another one out. Right. We'll she be... looks like a witch brought a chicken nugget to life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We should pause long enough for everybody to check out her IMDP you page Google, so they know. You Google this girl in Prodigal Planet. <laughs> Who? All right, so then we move on to them puzzling out the code. That we get a lot of those scenes, and and yeah. and then he figures out that, oh wow, each number is a letter, and I'm, oh well, that's, I mean, that's the dumbest code. That's the dumbest right. possible code. The dumbest code. possible code. The code that you and your friends figured out in third grade to be like, I think Mike Spence is cute. That's what this. This is what Jesus is using to <laughs> help his followers in this fucking movie. Yeah. And so somehow he turns the letters into numbers and then back into letters and it becomes New Mexico. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but they have to go to New Mexico. Right. 
Because this movie wasn't some bullshit, we're in Iowa movie. This was, we're only a couple of states away from California, motherfuckers. This right. was shot in New Mexico. Right. Um, and then it, it, they, they're all, they also try, are trying to bring in this concept of that, that, that one of the, there's three codes that they have, and one of them is musical, like a musical code. Yeah. I guess they just seen Close Encounters. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but so so he plays her the the what he calls the tone code, which is just like you know if you like like if you had a generic speaking spell, that was the noise it made right, when like, you turned boop, it on. Boop, boop. I wrote it, it, computer music sounds like third grade recorder practice, like boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> more or less, yeah. So we get a little bit of that, and then they wander outside where we have the two the two women that they saved, Connie and the the uh, bewitched chicken nugget, right? And Peyton Manning in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like for a second I'm thinking, okay, David's putting together a harem. I like it. I like. Where I'm we're into going, it. Good for you, David. No, th- but one out is- of three, three, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one can keep watch for mutants or right, something. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and this is also where we find out that Linda, now Linda, by the way, is the mom, Jody is the daughter, and Linda was a evil biologist. Okay, it says in the movie that she was a biologist, but then later on... She worked on nukes. She worked on nukes. She, she's a nuclear biologist. Hey, guys, Which, what am I doing here? Just, you know what? We need a biologist, just in case. What if it comes to life? All right. right. In case they start to turn against us. Right. She, and this is the whole, oh, I can't believe I worked on nukes. I never knew that they would be nukes thing. But, but, but like, David comes to nukes defense, though. I mean, he's like, right. no, no, it's not the nukes. It's the sin. Oh, right. 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 It was all that sin. And then she's explaining. So a, a big part of this movie, the reason for this character is A, for her to be more attractive than the stocking full of mashed potatoes that is Jody. <laughs> but the other reason is that she is equating all of the plagues and bowls to the results of nuclear fallout. Right. Her job is to fake science all of the things like boils and water turning into blood. Mm-hmm. She'll go like, well, you know, people who get exposed to radiation get boils Hmm. Well, you know, when nuclear radiation is exposed to water, it turns red. Mm. Hmm. Right, because our Bible can't be taken literally because, come on, what, is a guy on a horse? No. But so it's like, (laughs) oh, black smoke fills the sky, and it's always (laughs) horse-shaped. Strange. Yeah, so that's that's what it is. And when we learn... That the mutants have nuclear cancer. That's mm. their words, not mine. Yep. And the nuclear cancer mutants' purpose is to kill, find and kill all the atomic scientists. <laughs> Even the atomic biologists. Yeah. So there's just all a bunch of mutants with three arms just waiting around in Harvard somewhere being like, fuck, are they coming back? I mean, sh- shit. Also, <laughs> So the mutants are the Jawas, right? We saw them earlier, and they had these little brown Jawa robes on. So we're also supposed... And we see these guys throughout the movie in different places, and they're always wearing these matching brown robes. Now, they they, they talk about this a little bit, but... Oh, yeah. No, we get the reason for this. Well, yeah, we do, and it's spectacular when it comes. But, but, yeah, right. But they explain why they wear robes, 
but they don't explain why they all wear matching identical, same color, same shade of brown robes. So, like, or how they you, got them. <laughs> right. You have to assume that at some point all the mutants had a little fashion meeting. There was a show, you know, where they came down in different robes and everybody voted at the end. And they're like, no, I like the... I like the dark brown. I like that. I want to go with the, you know, let's go I feel like dark all the way brown Jawa. Is the way to go. Yeah, let's go full Jawa, guys. Let's go full Jawa. You know, no reason this. to go halfway Jawa on this yep. motherfucker. Yup, yup. So then, you know, we, we get the, you know, she's, she's, you know, like she's saying, but the Jesus stuff didn't seem real to me. And then David says, does it seem real now? And she's like, yes, because this is a fictional world that you've invented with a script. Right. Give yourself a, a stamp in Christian bingo where the movie uses this movie as evidence. And being like, a lot of people didn't believe that, but we, did the sky fill with blood? I mean, it did in your movie. <laughs> didn't in real life. Oh, in real life, shit. there's global warming. You want to talk about that? I'm not convinced. I'm a skeptic. All right. Okay. Yeah, and and also by the way, she she also like she's like, oh, I feel so terrible about what I've done because it's my fault that all these people have nuclear cancer now, and 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 David is insulted by this, and he's like, well, I mean, did you ever think about the fact that those people maybe deserve nuclear cancer? Did you right. think about how Jesus feels, you selfish bitch? Right, and I have about half a page of fuck you, David. Oh, fuck you, oh, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck I have that like in 19 <laughs> spots in my notes. Holy just, shit. A lot of this movie was me arguing with David. <laughs> should have, I should have recorded just me being like, fuck you. I talked to David as much as he talked to his computer, yeah. And right. he was on my computer, so it was weird. Damn. Um, so yeah, so then they're, they're heading for some Midwestern city. They're, they're heading for Omaha. That's the promised land in this movie. Right. Oh, because Omaha was the first thing the nukes hit. The right. first oh, place yeah. they nuked was Omaha. Not New York City, not Los Angeles, not Washington, D.C., Omaha. And she says, well, yeah, that's why we want to go, because that's the first place that got hit. So the radiation will be gone by now. Yep. It's been this, what? Days. It's, it's been, been days. days. It's, it's fine. Been We're totally days fine. since they blew up Omaha. There won't, they still the- got to send old – you hit 65 in Japan and they're like, hey, man, can you – we dropped a ball over the other side of this fence. Can you go get it? And still <laughs> no. do that now. But in this movie, yeah. three yeah. weeks later. Yeah, it's okay. It'll be It'll be fine now. It's fine. Shake it off. Have some salt. So now we're driving to Omaha, I guess. And in their van, there's a black and white TV, which is nifty. Yeah. Uh, but the Antichrist, uh, is, is promising to blow up God. God is sitting on a throne in, in Israel at the moment. And so all the countries in the world are going to go blow him up. Like literally. Like That's, God's sitting there. And so they're going to nuke him. That is apparently the plan. So. Right. That'd be a great, that'd make Which, a great Which, by the Sunday way, if Sunday. God was in a place, I would vote for killing him. Yeah. You know, if we could He's do it. He's not once a good all, guy. He's a bad guy. It's not a. It's not a bad idea. Everything we know about the dude <laughs> is bad. Yes, I like trees too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, the guy who killed a third of the people. Yeah, let's let's kill him. Let's go after him. Oh, the guy who killed all the people who have ever died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go uh, after the him. guy who invented cancer and AIDS and shit. So they get to Omaha, which was hit by a nuke, but luckily none of the buildings fell down. <laughs> it was, but we. But we know there was a nuke because one guy got vaporized into a skeleton like in fucking Goonies. Because apparently when you get hit by a nuke, you turn into a thousands of years dead skeleton. With pristine With bleached, bleached white bones. bones. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, that, but there are vultures right. and I'm thinking, 
Murder vultures. Murder vultures. I'm the entire, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, I'm just gonna ruin it for you now. There are never any murder vultures in this There are vultures. There's vultures vultures. everywhere in this fucking movie, but despite the promise at the beginning, no one ever gets attacked by fucking vultures in this movie. Let me walk you through this budget's, this movie's budget. 80% vulture rental, (laughs) 10% helicopter rental. I'd say 10% other (laughs) i would say more like 19 and one on the last two but yeah a lot of vultures in this movie and i mean that's just one of those things that you just can't you cannot say murder vulture in your movie and then not have fucking murder especially if you're gonna show me fucking vultures anyway i'm still i'm very pissed about that right um but yes omaha does not look very bombed looks like it's um you know looks like they just managed to clear out a little bit of the street early in the morning or something right that's why they bombed omaha that was the only city they could get to like clear out more than a single block of yes right they were like well, we'd really like to use anaheim and it's like no man get fuck you that's all your <laughs> first three movies on. all right fine all right they, they um, nuked omaha first because it's so great <laughs> so it's better than block. anaheim that was probably that that was probably in the original cut you know anaheim never grew back because it's full of sin <laughs> no, it would have been permits. somewhere in Nebraska because they actually say that the broadcast is coming from Nebraska and imply that there's a lot of devil worshippers there. So, right. Well, uh, let's face it. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's where they tend to go. So, yeah, yeah. At any rate, so then they synchronize their watches and they all go shopping. Yes, the women all go shopping. It's the nuclear apocalypse, and the women all go try on dresses. Yeah, and, and, and literally, like, that we see them, like, standing in the mirror, dancing around and seeing how they look in various sweaters and whatnot, that we actually get a pretty woman shopping montage yep. post-apocalypse. I swear to God, at any moment, I thought she was going to turn around, because there's a scene where a mutant's, like, creeping up on her oh, while right, she's uh-huh. shopping and looking in the mirror, and I thought we were going to get a montage where the mutant was, like, shaking his head, like, nope, not that dress, <laughs> nope, not that dress. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> something tells me I'm into something good. I'm ready for my date with a mutant. <laughs> so while they're out there shopping, by the way, David is taking fucking sheep head into the fucking truck again to tell her that he's figured out that the tone code is the notes for a hymn. Right. And we just have, uh, we have a fantastic quote here, which is music is sound to us, but to the computer, it's numbers. No, mm-hmm. to the computer, it's sound as well. <laughs> Everything's numbers to a computer. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the, the code, the, the, this, let me give you an idea just how bad this stupid fucking code is. The code thing was something like a group of people will sing or voices will rise or something join like that. Join your voices. I join your, you join heard your, it. Yeah, you heard right. it. We played it for you. Okay, so what that means in this code is if you use this special magic hymn tone, the computer will blow up. Yeah. And David figures David figures that out from reading Raise Your Voices or whatever. He realizes, oh, that must mean that when I play this tone for the main computer worldwide linkage unit system chip, it'll blow up all their computers. Right. Oh, and by the way, I, w- I want to give credit where credit is due. I watched this with Anna, my fiance, mm-hmm. uh, who some of you have heard the voice of, and Anna predicted that the hymn that he needed to play was going to be I Wish We'd All Been Ready, and that would have been <laughs> fucking fantastic. It doesn't happen, but she was like, oh my god, the music's going to be I Wish We'd All Been Ready, oh, and I really awesome. wish that had been the case. 
if, if it would had been that or the Monty Python theme, I would have been happy with brought either. it full circle. It would have yeah. been fantastic. Yeah, no, end it the way you started it. That would have been like that would have been damn clever. Actually, I would. Yeah, yeah. They they should have run it by Anna. So, yeah, and this he also it says at one point binary words, which are really numbers. Binary <laughs> words. Yeah. Binary words. It's, There's it's only just, two words in the language. It's really fun to listen to someone who doesn't understand something explain something that they don't understand via a script that was written by somebody who doesn't understand it to someone who doesn't understand it. It's really, really fun. You see, Noah, the clitoris is just under a woman's nose. You know that little place where your mustache grows out of? <laughs> a divot, you gotta yeah. scratch it. You gotta poke her hard, though. Otherwise, she won't go to sleep afterwards. <laughs> And you won't get a cookie. So, <laughs> the, so then, okay. So this is a combination scene of, uh, of shopping and also of mother daughter radiation talk, uh, yeah. that, that we're getting while, while David and Connie are off figuring out the hymn code. Uh, and then they find a Trans Am, which is right. total pussy magnet apparently. So they steal the Trans Am. And listen to the William Tell Overture. Which is in the car. Like, they have a cassette tape of the mm-hmm. William Tell Overture, and that's the music. And they're jamming out to it. They're jamming yeah. out to it, which makes me think that this movie script is, like, was translated into Thai and then back into English. <laughs> it was like, and then American music plays. The music <laughs> of much joy and movement forward <laughs> must then be played. How little music do they listen to that they were like, what's a fun song for this sentient bag of Elmer's glue to jam out to? And they were like, how about William Tell Orchestra? Of course. Overture. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's what we got. So she's back shopping again, and she's literally doing the robot in yes. the mirror. Yep. And then we get creepy mutant cam because mutant Michael Sarah is creeping up behind her. Right. So the, what the women got was an armful of sweaters, a mm-hmm. dress, like a gown, and a painting of Jesus looking into a skyscraper. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, it's amazing. She drops it when the mutants chase them. The mutants come oh. to chase them and she drops the painting and it's a painting of Jesus like looking in the wind, a giant Jesus looking into the window of a skyscraper. And it's like, oh, that's nice. She like was going to get that Kong. painting. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, how the fuck did I miss that? Oh, it's amazing. So they, <laughs> they run away and then they get cornered by one of the mutants, but it's not a bad mutant. No. It's mutant Michael Sarah. He just wants to be friends. And he just wants to be friends. He's got half his face burned. The left half of his face. And I just want to point that out because every time we see a mutant in this movie or somebody with face boils, it's on the left half of their face only. Yeah. It's it's like they had a one-armed makeup artist or something. I don't know. Yeah. So they they all drive away with mutant Michael Sarah because the soldiers are there. And oh, by the way, we should point out that among the soldiers is Jerry, who mm-hmm. attempts to chase down a speeding car. <laughs> Just by running after it. Like and he's almost the does. He's like the fucking T-3000. He's like, <laughs> so the mutant's name is Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy the mutant. And at this point, Jimmy and Jimmy is now going to give Down's girl the Jesus talk. Because right. nothing convinces you of the love of God more than getting half your face blown off by a nuclear explosion. Apparently. And it's also worth noting, by the way, that they get separated from Connie at this point. Yeah. Um, Connie was the chick with the big giant hair. 
uh, that helped him escape in the first place. But they're still communicating by radio, and she's telling him where to go. She's like, go 42 miles west of the spot where we were and wait there. And again, it's, that, that matters to the stupid Okay, and for the plot, rest so of the movie, the way they communicate with Connie is to go, Connie, the third word from the left, plus two, minus six, we're going to Omaha. <laughs> That's what the rest of this goddamn movie is. And it, it the denouement for it is so horrible and nothing. It's <sighs> unbearable. Yeah, it's really fucking bad. And you can tell Russ works so hard on that, too. Yeah. So then David and Jimmy, so it's camp time. It's mm-hmm. camp time. They escape the soldiers, cause go fuck yourself. And then Jimmy and David sit down to talk some Jesus. Well, first, uh, Jody comes in and, and, and yells and screams and gets all bitchy, and she says something about like, and I finally find a guy and he's got a melted face! Yeah, he's got a face like a, like a burned marshmallow. Yeah, oh no, yeah, that was pretty good. She was Which good. Jimmy hears? And mm-hmm. is like, yeah, it's true. That's <laughs> like, like, I do have a actually funny moment in the movie where Jimmy comes out and he's like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but then they have this, and it's there's plenty of these in this movie. But they have this ridiculously inappropriate. Well, so tell me more about this Jesus thing, right? So then he explains. We he gets walks him through the Jesus thing, and he basically he's like, hey, do you remember how the people who wrote our magic book believed in animal sacrifice? We needed to do that with a person. (laughs) How is any, and I wrote in my notes, how does anyone hear this and be convinced? You know how our God demanded us to murder animals to please him? He needed a people. Yeah. (laughs) It was same principle, only with his own son. So that's why we love him. Right, and Christ was, so the animals had to be perfect, and Christ was not without spot or blemish, which, by the way, tables, merchants, olive tree. That's my answer to that. <laughs> Plus, he wasted a lot of nard cream. So, and, 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 right, like at one point, the mutant turns to him and is like, so you, the good guy in the movie, the hero, protagonist, are saying that it doesn't matter if we're good, or how good we are. To which mm-hmm. David says, yes, that's exactly, precisely the message that I am trying to send. And I want to share a personal moment that occurred for me at this point. I never watch these movies high. I rarely, I, I'm always like, ah, I want to be, because when I watch them high, I get all bummed out or freaked out. But I was like, ah, it's getting late. I'm going to smoke a little bit. And so I watched just this scene high. And I had this huge caving in of my brain where I was like, there's nobody who's Christian. There aren't any actual Christians. No one actually believes this. And I spent like 40 minutes wandering around my apartment being like, no, man, there's none. That's just made up. There's no actual (laughs) Christians. No one actually believes this. So I had a mini meltdown at this point in the movie. I paused it and I ate some chips and I watched some people play video games on the internet. And then when I felt better, I watched the movie again. Why don't they put that in the anti-drug public service announcements? They just put the show Eli walking around his fucking apartment going like, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. I don't understand why they would think that they would be No one would believe this. No one would believe this. thing to murder your kid? Why would they keep saying that he loved us so much he murdered his kid? That doesn't... And then then I picked up an unprotected gun from my drawer and I shot Anna in the face. That's what (laughs) happened next, guys. (laughs) Axe murder. Axe murder, I tell you. Anyway, so now we're You know what would be funny? Rape. Those are all real stories, guys. Those are all true stories based on real (laughs) stories. They're based on true stories. They say so at the beginning. Right. And now we get my favorite scene in the movie, which is the scene between Jimmy the Mutant, Mutant (laughs) Michael Sarah, 
and Jody. Oh, yeah, where they're sitting around the campfire there? Yes, where they sit around a campfire, and we get... Well, first off, we get the answer as to why they wear the robes. Yeah, And the answer is the same reason the Arabs do to protect Mm. us from sunlight. Mm Mm-hmm. The same... The Arabs do. I was surprised that they managed to say the word Arab and not Arab. That was the (laughs) only thing that was surprising about that. I'm surprised they didn't say sand N-word or something. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then he says that his dad owned an exotic pet shop in Omaha, mm-hmm. and he had a python named Julius Squeezer. That's pretty fucking good, though. That's it's a pretty great, good python but this name. Movie, this part of the movie made no fucking sense. This As opposed thing, to the parts that did? This yeah, is the, like, that that's was the plot most... about a Christian movie. They go through the apocalypse. <laughs> they Jeff Goldblum the puzzle. They take down the computer. <laughs> everybody screams. And then she fucking goes, well, I had a pet chipmunk who could talk. Oh, and then God, she does the... bubble voice. She what goes, the fuck oh, was well, that? I'm going to talk about something. I can do that, too. So she says that her chipmunk could talk and they used to talk to each other. And they're like, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I was high. I was high when this happened to me. I'll never be okay again. I got, I paused it, obviously, at this point. I finished this scene. No. I paused it. I woke up. I rewound it. And I rewatched this scene because I was like, oh, man, I got to stop buying from Frankie Trees because this shit's fucking me up. And so she's giving – they're talking – she's talking in a chipmunk voice and being a bitch about things. And then he turns to her and says, and I quote, you need a good spanking. You need a good spanking. And I'm like, finally. Finally. Here we go. (laughs) I've been waiting for this. The acting has suggested porn this entire time. Right. Finally, somebody's going to get spanked. But they couldn't do it because they couldn't figure which end was that girl's ass. So they (laughs) You keep hitting me in the face. I'm sorry. Could you try, like – Open your eyes wider. I don't have <laughs> eyes. I have an eye. Hit the end without a ponytail. <laughs> also, there's just a great moment where she says, he really brainwashed you, didn't he? And he goes, there's a difference between being brainwashed and hearing the truth, which is something who someone who has been brainwashed says. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I met someone from a cult once and I said, you know, this is a cult. And she said, cult is just short for culture. That's what they teach you to say when you're in a cult. <laughs> wow. And that's what they teach you to say when you've been brainwashed. They go, there's a difference between being brainwashed and hearing the truth. That's what they teach you to say because other people are going to say you're brainwashed. Right, yeah. If anybody is telling you what to say, by the way, if anyone says you're brainwashed, you're brainwashed. Right. So he says, you've just been told your whole life how pretty you are. She looks like Caitlyn Jenner's dead body. There's no way anyone has ever told this girl she's pretty. There's no way. Not unless they were paid to, no. Yeah, on her wedding day, her father would have been like, my daughter, who's got a great personality. There's no (laughs) way that anybody told... She looks like you threw a turtle into a bucket of white paint. There's no way that she's supposed to be pretty in this movie. I never would have known if it hadn't been for this scene where he says it. Yeah. And I also love this moment where he's like, look how disgusting and mutant I am. That's what you look like to God. And I'm yeah. like, oh, and so to the God rest is- of us. Superficial. Well, right, right. Yeah, exactly. I would fuck mutant Michael Sarah before I'd fuck her. I yeah. mean, I don't think there'd be much of a question of it as long as. Well, I can I'm not fit a, true a finger believer, between so his eyes. That's all <laughs> he wins. 
So, yeah, we learned that even scientists believe in God and that God made the nukes so they're okay, but he warned, them, uh, warned us about them in Matthew, which he actually says that Matthew yep. warns us about the nukes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. I wrote this. Day. Yeah. God, God warned us about the nukes. No, he fucking didn't. You well, know what Matthew did think was going to happen? He thought everyone needed to cut their peepees off because the world was going to end that week. <laughs> but we don't ever talk about that. He sure as fuck didn't know about nukes. He didn't know that we would make it to Wednesday. No, <laughs> no. His credibility is somewhat shot. Hey, guys, don't fuck any ladies because we're never going to see a Thursday again. That's that's Matthew's opinion, not first we're going to split the atom. <laughs> and, and, and this is one of the many moments in the movie where, you know, David's like, so you ready to, uh, you know, you ready to do that thing with Jesus and, and say like, no, the magic words? Yet. Yeah, exactly, and she's not quite ready. It's like um, dating a Catholic girl. I'm not ready. Oh, I'm going to date a girl with a nose ring. <laughs> but Jimmy, however, yeah. is ready Jimmy's to turn ready. his mutant life over to and Jesus. He has, a, he has a monologue where he's basically, Dear Jesus, I'm sorry that you lost two points in Calvin Ball, <laughs> and now I have to, I love you. Who the <laughs> fuck knows? So sorry about you. Uh, dying because of the sins that I sinned before I was born that you were murdered for. And then they're watching the news, and there's been a plague, and the water turned to blood. Mm-hmm. But And, and I, there's just a great moment at the end. He goes, this is not new to Japan, which has had this for over a week. And I just love that Japan is just like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make the news until it happened in America. More blood All the water, water turned to blood in Japan, and they were like, that's fine, we drink blood. <laughs> It weird. We like weird stuff. <laughs> they do like them some weird stuff. Yeah, they like weird. Yeah. That's what happens when you have all the money and everyone has health care. You get weird. <laughs> Fuck a Swedish girl. You'll walk out a changed person. You know why? Because they're all fine over there. They're all fine. Everything's fine. They don't have Donald Trump. We're dealing with Ben Carson. Of course we can't get weird yet. You give anyone health insurance for long enough, they're like, all right, my thing is you punch me in the dick until it's a liquid. All right, fine. And then we go to the doctor afterwards. Maybe. Who cares? Everything's covered in snow. And that's why we can't have universal health care. That's right. And then they're driving, and just when you think nothing is going to continue to happen... Something fucking happens. Yeah. It's been a fucking hour. They've just been sitting in this goddamn truck talking about Jesus, but now we get helicopters. Motherfucking helicopters. You know the action Two is about to hit. Helicopters. That's right. Helicopters plural. Also, there's a great moment. He goes, uh he goes, Can't we shoot them down? He goes, No, they have anti tank rockets. These helicopters mm-hmm. could not less have anti tank rockets. Rockets are physical objects that you can see <laughs> with your face when they're on a helicopter. For some reason, right after he says that, they give you a close-up of both of these. And these are, by the way, these are like traffic copters or whatever. Yeah. And they give you a close-up of these two helicopters so you can very clearly see that there is no armaments here. Yeah. So they pull off to the side of the road. And Jerry, who is in one of the... uh is one is in one of the helicopters who, by the way, has gone through two mustaches in this movie. He has, yes, Mister Movember himself. Yeah, uh, is it, it tracks him down. And I wrote in my notes, by the way, at this point, that this movie needs a wisecracking robot. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote that down. Like, this is the mo- only movie that would ever be improved by that. But this movie definitely needed a wisecracking. This robot. This movie would have been improved by anything. This movie would have been improved by Russ Dotton walking into my apartment while I watched it and biting me on the thigh and not letting go until it was over. Any possible state of being is—it's like a Sam Harris hypothetical. If there's a universe with the most 
possible suffering, <laughs> then there's a better universe. There's Russ Dotton movies, and then there's any other universe. Um, and so then, like, Jerry's, like, standing around on the truck waiting for the bigger Gloating, chopper to show up. Right. And then, <laughs> then Mutant Kid's like, I'm gonna be sick. And Jerry's like, what's the fuck, what's the matter with him? To which she responds, he's got leukemia. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was nuclear cancer. Turned out it's leukemia. Right. So, and, 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 which is really like, it's right on the level of, well, that's just like your opinion, man, as far as comebacks go. But Michael Sarah sneaks off to go be sick, and I guess they just don't watch him or anything. Because he steals the truck. And you should have known he was a fucking Jawa. He was going to steal something at some fucking point. Yeah. They always do. So he drives off in the in the truck, which Jerry is faster than. Right. Catches up to, jumps into the back of, puts the kid in a chokehold. Right. And truck then the car, the car goes over the world's tiniest cliff <laughs> and explodes. It's like eight feet. Well, yeah. it doesn't explode right away, though. It's on one of those delayed explosion plans. Yeah. Because first they have to have time for... It's like the last Hunger Games movie, guys. It's one of those one of those delayed bombs. Just me? Fine. Fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> if you need a movie theater to jerk off to, the last Hunger Games movie is a great... Listen, I'm not going to be judged by you. I'm not going to be judged by your tone. You send an email, no illusion, at no illusion. You tweet him. You say, I love the Hunger Games movies, especially the last one. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> I'm going to go see Spotlight. Um, <laughs> and, These and, great so, moments where Noah's like, why, why did I do this? <laughs> I got Heath and Lucinda who read Foucault, and then I get on with this guy, and he's like, you see part two of the Hunger Games? Jennifer Bowens will use the arrow shoot to bam, ma'am. <laughs> Julie Andrews is there. Julie. <laughs> My wife loves those fucking movies. Good. Thank you, Lucinda. Lucinda gets it. No, she, she would, she would be giggling away at that, I'm sure. Good. Um, I'm, I'm laughing on the inside. So yeah, the truck (laughs) goes off a cliff. David pulls Jerry to safety before the truck explodes, but the mutant Michael Sarah doesn't make it. He's dead. And Jody is so moved by this that she takes off her whore makeup. So then, you know, yeah, David saves Jerry. The, the mutant's dead. The the truck explodes because it's on, like, you know, like I said, it was, it, it, you know, it's a truck. It's upside down. They yeah. fucking explode. They explode. You can't put a truck upside down for more than a second. They explode. <laughs> so, well, you get three minutes as long as it takes to drag Jerry to safety, and right. then it explodes again. We actually get like a double delayed explosion. So, mm-hmm. and I guess there's. No better place to pause for a quick smoke than right after three fiery orgasms. So we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, I'm going to give Act 3 the hard sell. Will the people get the thing to the place before the time? Will the vultures actually attack somebody or were they just fucking with us? Church, Rock of Ages, 1482, Raise Above, Dolphin Socrates? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the belated conclusion of Prodigal Planet. This summer. Oh, jeez. All this radiation makes it hard to, um, talk to girls? From the makers of Juno and Adventureland and the Image of the Beast. Apuigosku! Well, you sure are. You want to grab a Froyo? I have nuclear cancer. A love story about how a feeling can begin as one thing. Jesus, stupid. I pretty. I want to smell your unburnt hair. And mutate into something else entirely. Maybe Jesus, no makeup. Oh gosh, I'm dying. How embarrassing. Ha ha. Prodigal Planet. A love story. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> you're, you're dead in between Michael Sarah and Kermit the Frog. That's oh. great. <laughs> and we're back to polish this thing off no matter how tired our forearms get. When we last saw our hero, David, he had pulled Jerry to safety right before the nitroglycerin-powered truck exploded three times. Well, Jerry's sidekick was handcuffed to a different truck elsewhere. Right, and he's very casual about being tied to a truck. He's like, hey, what's going on? And he gets back, and he's literally just like, all right, you start walking east in the middle of the desert. Like like a good Christian would tell right. a person to. And then they have to disguise their truck as a truck with a green tarp on it, otherwise the helicopter will see them when they go. Right. Um, and, and I guess also they're they're nursing Jerry back to health like a baby bird at this point. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Jerry Jerry has coughing whisper disease from left behind. He's like, oh, you could have killed me back there. It's like, no, man. Yeah, uh, so then they they make it into a, a town and they find a uh, a spigot and they have a water hell and water moment where they're all. And there's also they get this moment where they're they're all hiding in this little outbuilding. And uh, there's a vulture eyeing Jerry through the window like, uh, hey, man, you going to eat that? Yeah. You going to finish that? Or, uh... Don't happen to notice that uh, you got a mustached guy who's uh, not doing <laughs> doesn't look well. like he's uh, doing too well. I'll trade so. you for some uh, screams. <laughs> All I have is screams. I'm a bird. Oh, sorry. I, they're Jewish. I, 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 listen, I've got a fantastic deal for you. Listen, hear me out. You give me the, you give me the guy who isn't doing so well, and I'll give a peck to the girl with the Down syndrome. I'll give her a little of the peck. What do you say? I'll improve that face just a little, make it look more like Michael the one who Sarah. looks like Chris Farley took a shit shaped like his own face, but girl. <laughs> That's exactly what she looked like. That you've nailed it there. Um, so yeah. So then an, another helicopter shows up because again, eighty percent of this fucking she movie's budget. She looks like Brian Cox's screams <laughs> turned into a girl. That's what she looks like. She looks like someone tortured Brian Cox's screams into a sentient girl being. <laughs> so if you can imagine that, yeah. that's and you, you know what this girl looks like. So another bad guy helicopter shows up and they've got Jerry and David's like, well, Jerry, you know, I saved your life. So you have to go tell him that you don't know where I am or whatever. And he does, which is awfully nice of him. Probably doesn't deserve to burn in eternal hellfire after all. Wait, I don't understand why Jerry does that because Jerry isn't Christian. Yeah, right. Exactly. So then we see Connie stop at the same pump. And the water has turned into Kool-Aid. <laughs> right. But she hates cherry flavor. Damn it. And yeah, right, right. So she's still following behind them in a Jeep. And she, the excuse she's using is that she's still got the module and they can't afford to be together in case one of them gets caught. Right. So that's why she's not with them, and she's just radioing and telling them where to go. And then, of course, we get another helicopter because it's this fucking movie. Um, and it, it's shooting at them. With guns that you only see in extreme close-up, but not when you back away from the helicopter. And not when you see the helicopter. No, uh, not at all. So then she grabs the machine gun, she being Linda, the scientist lady, shoots the helicopter once and it explodes, or I'm sorry, it lands safely and then then explodes. explodes. Yeah, It lands safely behind a hill and then it's like fire from behind (laughs) the hill. Right. Because listen, Russ, Russ will kill a man, but he won't, he won't blow up a helicopter. <laughs> he has respect for the life of a helicopter. He thinks they're babies. 
Yeah. So they hide in this state park where they go to like the see America as it used to be. Right. Part of the state park. They go to a Navajo Jogan. <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty much. And, and the reason they have to go here is because the bowl where the sun got hot was poured out. So now the sun is too hot and the engine is overheating. So we're going to now spend like a good 20 fucking minutes of this movie with them hiding in this state park. Doing nothing. Doing no, nothing. Yeah. And we, we cut back to Connie and she's also hiding from the sun and it's so hot that her walkie talkie melts and her car explodes. <laughs> Apparently. But, it, but the branches she's hiding on don't. No. Like no. she can hide under the branches and she's totally fine, but a car melts. Way more combustible than wood in a dry environment. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is why if you're ever trying to start a fire, you just put a Jeep Grand Cherokee <laughs> into the pit and <laughs> some Doritos on top of it and you'll get kindling. a nice toasty fire. They call fire. it kindling. So yeah, so they're hiding from the nuclear megason at Old Timeyville. Turns out that there are Jawas there as well. Right. And then we have this, like, and this is so indicative of this entire movie. So uh, Jody says, Mom, I'm scared. And David says, well, Jesus says in John chapter one, and and no one yells, fuck off, I'm trapped with you here. Just shut the fuck up for Jesus for like one goddamn scene, please. But the amazing thing that came out of this is me and Noah do notes independently, but we can see it when we do this show. <laughs> right. And we both have, I'm scared. Well, Jesus said, shut the fuck up. Yes. <laughs> that is a simultaneous thought that occurred to both of us. Wait, I, I bet we have the same note next. Yes, we do. We do. Because, okay, yep. so his, his conversation now <laughs> is about how a, a caterpillar is like a, a heathen, but a butterfly right. is like a Christian but if you taped wings onto a caterpillar, that wouldn't make tied it a Christian. Them. Tied, tied, tied them, on. them onto a, a caterpillar, that wouldn't make him a Christian. Because he couldn't works fly. are like trying, good deeds are like trying to tie wings onto yourself as a caterpillar. Right. And Jesus is like wings. I, and I just have in my notes, 30 minutes left in this fucking <laughs> <laughs> And then they drive into Thunderdome. Um, and we get the greatest helicopter scene in, in all of these movies. So the helicopter shows up and it starts shooting the invisible machine gun at him again. So they run and hide in the back of the truck because, you know, that's what you do when you're getting shot at by a machine gun. And then David says, hey, wait a minute. And then he... Right. And then... He jumps out. And clown music starts to play, like fucking Baby right. Elephant Stomp is playing. And then he walks out and starts doing jumping jacks and a little jig. That's right. So he realizes that they're not actually trying to kill him. They're trying to get him to lead them to the Christians. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And so he goes out and to show that he's no longer afraid, he does jumping jacks mm -hmm. while they shoot machine guns and, around him. And he dances. But he doesn't know who the traitor is. Could it be Je Jody? No, it couldn't because be Because we Jody, already we know, know who it it's is. Because <laughs> we watched this movie with our fucking faces, but that's fine. So then they get attacked by mutants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which they scare away with headlights. <laughs> and this was a really right. weird one too, because like, you know, they're hiding in the truck, the mutants attack, and he scares them off with the headlights, and God pours a bowl or something or whatever because like then he turns to Jody and he says you said you needed proof of God well what do you call that obviously the fourth angel just poured out its flask on the enemy from the sea or whatever like there's right. your proof right there it's like even within the goddamn movie that's not proof 
Right. Yeah, exactly. They can just look up at the stars and, 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 and it's just a goddamn movie. You can look up at the stars and you can point and you just see where it says Jesus is real and the stars there. Now do you believe? But instead yeah, they exactly. go with some kind of like something happened that's sort of like something that came from the Bible, sort of. Right. And he goes, look, the darkness is here. And then there's a, then we immediately cut to a shot of a perfectly lit city. Right. <laughs> yes. The plague right. of darkness is upon us. So this is when he has his Jeff Goldblum, uh, rock that looks like a church, church that looks uh, like a rock. He sounds like the idiot partner you got stuck with in charades. You know, he's like rock, church, church rock, a rock that looks like a church that looks like a rock, a rock. God damn it, church. Brian. I'm never being your partner again. No, no, get your hands off me, Alice. Get your hands off me. This needs to be said. You started dating Alice and now you're a part of this group of friends, but nobody likes you. Nobody <laughs> likes you. And I always get stuck talking to you. Stop asking me to do magic tricks. Nobody I know cares that I do magic tricks. You boring Hufflepuff of a human being. <laughs> oh, shit. See, I laughed at that one because it was a Harry Potter reference. And I See, assumed it was me. funny because I know two. you. I don't know Harry Potter, but I know two. if you made a Harry Potter reference, it must have been a funny one. That's right. Huffle, he gets, he, Hufflepuff he is also kind of a funny word. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so they drive by... The church that looks like a rock that looks like a church or whatever. But actually looks like a bunch of dicks, by the way. Right. You should know that in this movie, it looks very clearly like three dicks rising out of four balls. (laughs) And I love that they, like, he points to that and he says, what does that look like? And I wanted somebody so bad to say, a pile of mashed potatoes that's important. Dick. But. Jody. Yeah. Bag of cocks, bag of cocks. But no, they all say, oh, it looks like a cathedral. Oh, I, I love this line too. They, they stop by this, um, this sign at the state park with church rock in it. And, you know, they're, they're like, okay, well, we're here, but where do we go? And, and the scientist lady, she says, well, I don't know. Let me see your paper. Maybe it's a numerological code. Nope. Right. Not what that means. Nope. That's not, nope. that, that means over related to numerology. Numeric, yeah. numeric code is what you're looking for. Numeric. Science, that, that PhD, numer- evolution, or I'm sorry, nuclear biologist. I can't get she's over that. She's a nuclear biologist. She's not a number rater. She's a nuclear biologist. What is she? One of those Mathema Christians? <laughs> By the way, guys, that's my home study course, Mathema Christian, yes. which uh, equates pi to 3.14, so your kids don't get anything. Actually, that's not I, in the I believe Bible. it was just three. I, yeah. Oh, I, I think it's just. I think it's three. just, just three. a solid three. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 uh, yeah. The, no, the, it was they were talking about the mouth of a well. And I love the apologetic on that. By the way, is that we don't know that that well was completely round. It might have been like an oval or like smaller on one side than the other. Yeah. So it never says that exactly. the fucking. Draw well. me a picture of that well. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Very busy. Oh, believe I'm me. Too busy believe right me. Now. Ken Ham's got some on his fucking website. It's hilarious. And also, okay, so they're driving through this this park, and we get this weird scene where, like, we see the truck, and, and the truck drives by, and Connie is laying there half dead against a rock. They don't see her, right, and drives by. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a person that was behind the people in the truck, and then her Jeep melted, and now right. she's ahead of them. How the yeah. fuck does this happen? Who the fuck knows? So then... So, but Connie gives away, she knows who she is, so she comes out and she's, and it's Mr. Goon from yeah, the yeah, previous Mr. Goon shows back up. 85 movies. I, I don't, I don't remember a time when this man wasn't in every goddamn movie I watch. So uh, this goon is back. 
Right. And, and this is when, like, she, like, they reveal the thing that they'd already revealed at the beginning of the movie, that she was the traitor. No. The whole time. And the reason that she couldn't. Batman was Bruce Wayne, everybody. Yeah, apparently. So the reason that she couldn't be with them, the reason that she had to hide behind them, is because she has nuclear cancer boils on her face, and they would have known she wasn't a true believer if they saw those. So right. there's also a moment here, and I think this is, Maybe my favorite moment in the movie. They need to radio into Connie. However, we've learned that they that they have computer voice print indicators or whatever something. Right, voice recognition. Yeah, like Batman in in uh, Dark Knight. Right, the Dark Knight. This is where the Dark Knight got that. <laughs> Must have been. So, in order to radio into Connie to tell them where they're going or where they are or whatever. Jody has to radio her in the chipmunk voice that she did earlier. Yes. So her doing the chipmunk voice while talking to Michael Sarah was foreshadowing. Was foreshadowing of this moment where she goes, Hey, Connie, we're going to go to the wizard land. Don't forget to meet us there, Connie. And I'm like, fuck my life. Fuck my whole goddamn life. So Connie and Mr. Goon are on their way to go catch them. Well, no, they don't want to catch them. They want to. They want to let them lead them to the bums. Right. So, so they're on their way to do that, and they get hit by a train. Yeah. Okay. So he sets up this. Or he's got this brilliant plan where he's going to put the truck on remote control. I guess it has a function like that. And then he's going to play the William Tell overture because that's going to fuck with their throw off their computers, right? Their voice recognition. It, yeah. Exactly. And then they're going to follow the truck. And, but they won't be in the truck, see, because the truck will be just going by itself, and they'll sneak off to the old Christian place, and nobody will know where they are. And, of course, that works perfectly, because at one point, Goon and, and, and Connie drive straight into a train. Drive onto a train track, yeah. Yeah. And get hit by a train and die. They see a train coming, and, and I guess Mr. Goon thinks he can beat it, but he can't. So, hey, it all came full circle, guys. Car getting hit by a train early, car gets hit by a train late. That's brilliance. It's just like the general. So, uh, yeah, and and also the 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 reaction is insane because like for the rest of the movie, they're just trying to follow him along and kind of not be seen and occasionally attack him so that they'll think, you know, that some whatever. But now they're like, "Oh, fuck, they're driving slowly and playing the William Tell Overture, calling the cavalry." Yeah. He literally tries to make it across a cha- train track. So that he will not miss the car and gets hit by a train. Yeah, right. They're willing to die to stop the William Tell Overture from playing. Right. So they make it so that those characters are dead and they never had any meaning. And you you think about the choices you made in life that led you to watching this movie. <laughs> uh, but they make it to the church that's made out of dicks. They make it to Dick Church. And then the Rotary Club shows up to join them there to, to greet them. It's a bunch of old folks going like, hey, they made it. That's awfully nifty. Right. And then they they go to the the computer that's going to destroy everything, that's going to take down and it's a fucking it could it looks like an Atari. It looks yeah. like an Atari glued to the top of a filing cabinet. And the the music tone code which we've been waiting for the entire film, which we've been is a tape of them playing Onward Christian Soldiers. Yep. He needs to put a tape of Onward Christian Soldiers into this computer, and it's going to blow up all the computers in the world. It, well, no, just in, in Jerry's headquarters. So, yeah, so right. David puts in the code into the computer, and Jerry's Atari 2600 goes batshit. 
And, and, and while this is going on, of course, they catch up to the truck. And I, I only mention that because there's this great scene where the guy, like, they catch up to the truck and they go in. They're like, huh, no one's here. And he pulls out the cassette with the William Tell Overture on it. And he looks at it and he's like, oh, that wasn't them singing the William Tell Overture at God all. Damn, man. Was- I, I was wondering how they did violin voices. Well, no, I'll never know. <laughs> So they they put the tape into the computer and the computer explodes and the dam nearby also explodes and and it explodes in miniature and I say that because like okay like you can imagine a dam bursting forth there's kind of a lot of water that's got pressure but this like breaks like if you ever made a gingerbread house that didn't make it you know it just sort of yeah. like the water sort of just dribbles over and it breaks yeah, yeah. you got like a dumb cut everyone's got that dumb little cuz like when they're too young to do stuff but they still get to play, so they're like, my gingerbread house went boom, boom, and you're like, oh, adorable, but then they're 13, and you're like, all right, get it, get it together now. <laughs> or they're Come making on. they're making uh, feature-length movies and whatnot, and you're like, you could yeah, have done, exactly. done better. So, yeah, and and then, yeah, there's, there's fucking explosions, and then there's... Was there a bowling ball sized hail falling on their headquarters? Was that just yes. me? So the yes. the tone code that he put the into the computer hail from the earlier movie made giant hail fall onto the headquarters. Yeah, so everything blows up, and uh, Jody prays and accepts Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior. Oh, dear Jesus, please come get me from the orphanage and take me to your fancy mansion and mm-hmm. consider yourself a friend. Yeah, yeah, and then we get the uh, morbid Burl Ives music about burning in hell that we started the movie off with. Right. Now we find out what hurt Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get Jerry crying like a deflated balloon. <laughs> yeah, the sitting Jerry, on his balls scene. The, the only... He, everything's blowing up around him, and he's alone in the office, and the only thing I can describe it as is, do you remember when... um. In Anchorman 2, when Ron Burgundy gets kicked in the balls, and he goes, Mommy, your baby's hurting! Someone hurt your baby! That is how Jerry screams at the end of this. <laughs> he's like, ah! he's like he stepped on a Lego. There's no... But there's, there's, there's even like a... In there it's, somewhere. There's just like, he actually pulls one of those out. Yeah. I think that man had never cried. I think that, that actor had never been sad. And so they were like, all right, and cry. And he was like, like oh, <laughs> <That's fuck>. not, <laughs> what's going on, man? He was like, what? Like. Is that not how people cry? <laughs> that's the day he learned that, that he's the only one who cries like that in the world. I guess. Yeah, and that's it. So, like, we, we get we, a ha- hyperdrive Jesus quote, and the movie ends. And I love the quote, too. It's Matthew 7 25 that has the words rock and church in it. Like, in like yeah. the movie's like, see, we didn't make up the rock church bit, guys. This yeah, see, see it's that's it's real. It's real. It's in the fucking movie. So, yeah, I mean, once they get through all the yammering about Jesus for a really long time in the back of a truck part of this movie, it seemed really eager to just get the fuck over with, as eager as I was for it to get the fuck over with. I mean, it's like this is the cinematic finale equivalent of, like, the porn got really weird while you were jerking off and you're almost done. And you kind of, because you don't know exactly what they're going to do with that giraffe by the end of it and you're trying to finish up. That's how this movie stuff during hentai. Yeah. You're watching a perfectly normal hentai and then they're shitting in each other's mouths and you're just like, guys, some kind of transition. I just want, (laughs) listen, it's got subtitles. Someone tell me they're about, but that's just a thing. Go on. 
Oh no no no! That's uh, you. You've made the you've made the exact point I was trying to make. It was poop stuff during hentai. All right, so I, I think it's safe to say that this was a successful apart for as Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But there's no use in pointing out problems if you're not also going to bring solutions. So Eli, I know you're not a script doctor, but you play one in the following segment of the podcast. Tell me the movie that you would have made. All right, so you've seen the first three. How would you have finished the story? Okay, so it turns out that. She is that Jody is actually brother Christopher in disguise. Okay. Which would make sense because she's being butt puppeted by Satan and she kind of looks like a deflated puppet. <laughs> so she pulls off her wig and then she gets in and she pulls out two swords, the red katana of night and the dark katana of light. And she just goes after Dave. She just cuts him to shreds. But then the chorus from the beginning, the very first movie, I wish we'd all been ready. Uh-huh. They come up and they've got bags full of gold because they've been baking bread. And they throw them <laughs> at her like ninja. They've got them tied together and use them like nunchucks. And, like, and then Jimmy the Mutant pulls off his face and he throws it at Jenny and he covers her up. And then, and then she's blinded momentarily. And that's when she gets slide kicked by the kid who's, he, the kid's a ghost now. He's like nearly headless Nick. He's got no head. <laughs> and the little baby who died before, he comes, he side kicks her in the side. And then Satan just comes bursting out of her chest. And Jesus comes and they just, they just do a fucking windmill back and forth, just running their hands over each other's privates in a, in a sweaty, wet <laughs> mixture of cum and, Russ Dalton just dives headfirst into it, and a helicopter comes and lands, crushing the entire cast and crew, and the movie is buried underground like the fucking Indiana Jones. It gets wheeled into a fucking warehouse full of boxes, and I get to watch Kirk Cameron again. (laughs) And that's how the musical will end, guys. So check out Kickstarter.com. Kickstarter forward slash image of the thief of the the prodigal prodigal beast. Anyway, so I guess that's going to do it for all four of these stupid fucking movies, but we're not quite ready to put a bow on the show just yet. we still got to tease you with a quick peek at what's next. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. What if? Now, I got to be honest with you. I did not have a chance to watch the trailer before we started recording. So tell me, what what, what do I have to look forward to? Let me let me set you up. Okay. You know, um, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yes. Okay. So this is It's a Wonderful Life, but it's. If instead of what if you hadn't been born, it's what if instead of being a successful businessman, Kevin Sorbo, you had been a preacher with two kids who fucked and stayed with your high school girlfriend. And we're going to watch Kevin Sorbo realize that it's way better to be a struggling, poor preacher with two kids who's with your high school girlfriend than it is to be a successful businessman, which is what he is in this movie. You had me at Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Awesome. Actually, you had me in not produced by Russell S. Doughton. <laughs> I had you with no helicopters in this movie <laughs> as far as I know. I don't think I can ever enjoy a helicopter scene. I got to go see the new James Bond one because I think they got a pretty cool helicopter scene in there. Maybe I can wash Spectre. that dude, off. Monica of my- Belus- dude, I've jerked off to Monica Bellucci so many times. I feel like I owe her a drink. Like, I'm sorry. I just... You don't know, but I just hear I owe you some money or so. I apologize. <laughs> You're a person, and I just, I just want you to know that I really, you're a great actress too. It's just, I like your body too. <laughs> I apologize, Miss. Bl- oh, you don't speak English. This is much better. Awesome. This makes me feel better. Okay, good. It's nothing. Nothing. Like the Never fantasies. mind. Ma- ignore those hand gestures. <laughs> she knows what those mean. They're the same in Italian. Damn it. 
So with all that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 15 to a merciful close. Once again, huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful. That's patreon.com slash godawful. And thereby earn early access to an extended version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Our theme music was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars, and additional music this week was provided by Anna Phyllis Smith. If you'd like to hear more from either of these marvelous artists, check the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a guy from Brooklyn telling you to fuck yourself. Fuck off, cocksucker. My levels are fine, I guess, once you get to know them. You can appreciate my levels. My levels will go down on you, like, right away. (laughs) And that's what really matters. That's what really, that's the important part.